Big show planned for you today after a big win by the White Sox. Taking the series from Kansas City, very, very nice. Always exciting when the White Sox win. Cody's always in a much better mood, which makes for a a nicer show. Speaking of Cody, if you want to get involved in the program, and why wouldn't you, we're very accessible. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. When you call in, you will be uh, speaking to the aforementioned Cody. Oh, my goodness, you used the word aforementioned golf. He is the executive producer from Rockford, Illinois. If you're nice to him, you get to me. That number that I gave you, 312-981-7200. Also, the text number number yes the phone and the text are the same you've learned that by now haven't you social media it's brian noonan show on facebook and twitter you can keep in touch with us there as well uh summer has started despite today's uh foggy outlook and uh, rather cool and moist temperatures it is uh, it is summer in the city no better time to be in chicago uh not only great things to do uh, culturally outside at the museums uh but uh, this is festival season and we are going to highlight two fantastic festivals today. Let you know, maybe maybe you've heard of these, maybe you have not. One is relatively new. One is in its 21st year, uh, Ribfest and Michelada Fest. Am I saying that right, Cody? Cody is my uh, enforcer of all things pronunciation because uh, I try. Uh, Cody's wife is a, a very learned woman, Dr. Mrs. Cody, mm-hmm. and uh, she uh, studies... She, what is her? She studies Latin American cultures, Spanish and comparative Spanish, literature. Spanish and comparative literature. So anytime I mispronounce a Spanish word, which is not often, I, I'm pretty good. But uh, it's Michelada Fest. Michelada Fest. Yeah. Yes, and that's coming up uh, the first weekend of July. And if you don't know what a Michelada is, well, you need to just hang on because we've talked about it before. But we'll tell you all about Micheladas. We'll tell you about the festival. We'll tell you about the organization that is putting it on and what they're trying to do in Pilsen. And uh, so a lot to get to there. After 6 o'clock, we'll talk about Rib Fest, and we welcome in uh, the folks from uh, Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue, and we'll talk about what's happening at uh, Rib Fest, which is uh, an institution here in Chicago. Plus, we'll try to get to a bandit that is a scourge of Bridgeport, we'll try to get to that, uh, and and a whole lot more as the, uh, as the day winds on. Now, I, I mentioned the pronunciation thing. We, we, ordered, we ordered food from a... Uh, a new restaurant the other night. It was a Thai restaurant. And I don't know if you do this. I I try to at least make an attempt to pronounce things. And usually if you if you're somewhere, if you're on vacation or you're going uh, you're trying to order from somewhere new and you don't really know the words, most people are understanding. If you're making an honest effort and you're not trying to be a jerk. Um sometimes people are just being jerks and then they deserve exactly what they get. But so Debbie was calling to order from this new Thai restaurant and on the menu it had the names of everything and, and some names obviously you've are very common. Some names were a little more difficult, but then they have the number next to it. So A fourteen. Oh, I just wanted A fourteen. If you're feeling very lazy and uh, you know, you're just uh, whatever. So Debbie calls, and one of the things we wanted to order, and I don't have the name in front of me, but I tried pronouncing it, and I was like, I don't know. Debbie said, I don't know either. So she calls, and I'm listening to her try to pronounce some of the dishes that we're ordering. And then she says to the – but at first, she says to the person who answers the phone, "Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce some of these. Would you rather me just give you the number? And the guy, it turns out a guy on the other end goes, no, just, you know, we'll work through it. Go ahead. Go ahead. So that's how I felt with Michelada. Uh, Cody Cody and I would work through it if I, uh, in fact, mispronounced it, which I don't believe I did. 
but that's it. Well, we're certainly not going to call it A19 Fest. No, A19 Fest is never good. Who do, you know, it's like some artificial intelligence festival. I don't know what's going on down there. You know the festival that is happening this weekend, uh, Spring Awakening, Cody. Do you have that ready to go? Because this is very exciting news. Uh, Spring Awakening, for the uninitiated, is electronic music. It's an electronic music festival. All the kids are into it. They're, uh, you know, I don't know what they do with the electronic music, but Cody, Cody is a fan of electronic music. He's a fan of dubstep. He's a fan of all that kind of stuff. Uh, me, not so much. There it is. All right. So let's bring the music down a little bit because not, we're not, I'm not playing this music, which is, uh, by the way, by Skrillex. Now, Skrillex, not a musician himself, but a producer. Would that be correct? And, and I guess they say some of these producers of electronic music uh, can be considered musicians, but whatever. So Skrillex and the summer, it all ties in. Bear with me for a minute, because you need to know this if you are going to be outdoors at all in Chicago. Because as wonderful as Chicago is during the summer, besides the humidity, what do we complain about the most? That's right, mosquitoes and mosquito bites. And just when you thought there is no way that Brian can possibly connect Spring Awakening Skrillex and mosquitoes friends you haven't been listening for the last 10 years of course I can Cody let's have the music underneath this is Skrillex this is Skrillex's song scary monsters and nice sprites why am I playing this because a new study says that Skrillex songs could protect you against mosquito bites this summer that's right what happened to it Cody? you're not playing it out here you were playing it out here before uh, researchers examine the effects of electronic music, particularly the one that you're not hearing now, uh, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites by Skrillex. Oh <laughs> yes. As you can imagine, this terrifies mosquitoes. According to the study, those subjected to the music, mosquitoes, uh, Mosquitoes who were subjected to this music had a lower chance of getting uh, people getting bit than those not subjected to the music. According to the researchers, sound and its reception are crucial for reproduction, survival, and population maintenance for many animals. In insects, low-frequency vibrations facilitate sexual interactions, whereas noise disrupts the perception of signals from uh, conspecifics and hosts. So anyway... You don't want to, if you're having an outdoor party, go ahead, crank up the Skrillex. Uh, not only will you keep mosquitoes away, you're going to keep most people away. So you don't have to worry about people crashing your party, people showing up, hey, man, I smell the grill. Are you having some uh, micheladas in there and, and some barbecue? And you'll say, no, I'm just playing Skrillex. But I'm in a bug-free environment. So you'll be bug-free, friend-free. It sounds like the perfect summer to me. So this is why, and, and Cody was so excited when we found this story. He said, this is how we reach new demographics. Because imagine some kid riding in an Uber out to Spring Awakening, and he's flipping around the dial, or his Uber driver has WGN on, and he hears Skrillex. Suddenly, Cody, we're big with millennials. We're so cool. We are the coolest show on the planet. We're so hip because of this. Right. This doesn't sound, this sounds like what's inside a serial killer's head. It doesn't even sound like music. It sounds like it. Honest to God, it sounds like the soundtrack of a homicide. Oh, this? And maybe it's exactly right now. I want to bury a hatchet in my head. 
And I'm sure everybody listening is like, yeah, that's pretty much. But you can see why it would keep mosquitoes away. All right, there's my public service. Skrillex and most, and again, it's got to be Skrillex, Scary Monsters, and Nice Sprites. And you will have a bug-free party. All right, we are going to learn all about Micheladas and Michelada Fest on the other side of the news. Here are the sounds that matter. The top five at five from the Rocon Show with Anna DeVolante's weekday afternoons on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. It is a five o'clock, and with the news, here's Pam Jones. This is very cool for me because I, I feel like I, you know when you discover or you think you discovered something and then other people say, dude, this has been going on for a long time. These are very popular. But... Last month, if you recall, Cody and I started talking about uh, Micheladas. That I had been, I had been to one of my uh, favorite breweries, Buckle Down, and they were having a big thing. And the guys from Big Mish were there uh, making Micheladas, and it was the first time that I had had one, and it was so good, and blah blah blah. And while I was there, I happened to be talking to Javier Garcia, who is one of my guests in studio, along with Fernando Nieto, who is uh, with Grassroot Events. And I t- mentioned to Javier, "Oh, this is really good. Tell me about it." Because I didn't know anything about it. He told me, and then he mentioned that there was a festival. And I was like, well, I haven't heard of this festival. I'm sure I'm not the only one who hasn't heard of this festival. we got to talk about the Michelada Festival. And that's why these guys are here. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, very exciting. So um, let's start with let's start with Fernando. Because Grassroot is putting on the event. But Grassroot Events, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, does a lot of stuff for Pilsen. You guys, you guys hold events to raise money for nonprofits in the area, correct? Correct. Uh, Grassroot Events is a Pilsen-based 501c3 nonprofit. We take um, an unconventional approach towards special events here in Chicago. So we produce community events that help raise money for local organizations and nonprofits that need our financial support. Uh, As everybody's well aware, budgets uh, are getting slashed left and right across the city for vital programs that need our help and um, from vital programs that need that help. And so we're trying to step up and fill that void and really help out our community uh, the best way, best way we can. And I know this year you have a goal to help three nonprofits, right? Correct. Last year with the Michelada Festival, we were fortunate enough to be able to donate $20,000 to the Illinois Dream Fund, which supports DACA recipients and applicants here in Illinois. This year we're raising the donation goal up to $50,000 amongst three local nonprofits. Very nice. And now last year, this is only the second Michelada Festival, correct? Correct, yeah. So last year you were at a different location. It was very successful. So now you've moved. This year you're in a bigger location with more vendors and all kinds of stuff. Give it, Give us some details on the fest. Yeah, so last year we were at 1000 West Cermak Road. It was uh, our first year, so we, we launched it as a street festival. Mm-hmm. We pulled in about 80,000 people over two days. It was absolutely insane. And so within the first hour of the event, we knew that we had already outgrown the space. <laughs> All right. So, well, that's, that's a good problem to have. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we relocated to Harrison Park. Uh, it's going to be the first festival of its type in, hosted at that park. We went from about, about 36,000 square feet on Cermak Road to about 364,000 wow. square feet. Um, at the new location, still keeping it two days, 12 to 10 p.m., uh, more beer booths, more brands, more food vendors, more activities. Um, so we're confident that we can help reach this new donation goal with all the new upgrades we're adding to the festival. And I know uh, besides the Micheladas, which we're going to talk about extensively in, in just a minute, uh, you've got Don Julio is there, so there's other cocktails. So if people are like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I'm not I don't know if I'm, if I'm into that. So you, there's going to be a lot of options. Yeah, we have something for everybody. So if you're not a big uh beer drinker we will have mixed cocktails on site uh don julio is uh one of our spirit sponsors so uh, we will have non-alcoholic beverage options we'll have spirits we'll have beer 
Um, and then Javi can talk a little bit more about some of the other um, flavor combos that yeah. we're going to be featuring. But, um, you know, whether you like beer or not, we'll have something for everybody. Perfect. And a lot of music, a lot of DJs, all kinds of stuff. DJs, live music, uh, mariachi groups, banda, tamborazos, uh, you name it. We have we literally have something on the lineup for, for everybody's taste. And if people go to uh, ChicagoMicheladaFest.com, they can get all the information. They can get their tickets. Absolutely. Uh, there is a, a VIP package available because what's a good festival without a VIP package so you can feel important? Absolutely. So the festival itself is free to enter for 20 and under. There's a $5 admission for uh, 21 and above. Okay. And then our VIP package does include all-you-can-drink micheladas and all-you-can-drink cocktails with catered food, deluxe bathrooms, bunch of really cool stuff so it's a bargain it's always nice um for all you can drink for the day so go to our website and there's all not have to stand in line for the bathrooms i'd give up all that other stuff to not have to worry about <laughs> the bathrooms that's you know that's what i want to get to all right so again it's uh, july 6th and 7th in case we didn't mention that the michelada fest the second annual now uh this is so you're expecting huge after last year's response this is this is going to be crazy we're going all out we have some great media sponsors uh we're actually four weeks away so it's all hands on deck we're yeah. pushing the promo and uh you know hopefully we can you know push over a hundred thousand over those two days so this is this a big event toward that toward that goal for those three nonprofits. what other kind of events do you guys do you mentioned you're untra- non-traditional in your events uh-huh so uh we do a, an event in january called dia de la concha it's a pan dulce event a mexican sweet bread event where Ooh. we invite uh, bakeries from all over Chicago, Mexican bakeries, and they feature they feature specialty pieces of pan dulce, Mexican sweet bread, and so we bring them all together for one day of family, uh, family wholesome, uh, good time, and um, that was a great event. We raised five thousand dollars for Mujeres Latinas en Acción this past January, and we're about to launch a new event in October in the parking lot of the White Sox called the Windy City Harvest. It's essentially oh, nice. a fall harvest festival uh, showcasing. Uh, craft beer and cocktails and trying to bring that fall harvest experience to the city, which you normally have to get in the far suburbs, like at Bankston's farm. Okay. Now for those, uh, for those people around the city who I've heard, they've heard of Pilsen, but they don't really tell people what, what the draw of Pilsen is. Cause it is, it's a really cool neighborhood. Uh-huh. It's a It's one of the most culturally authentic neighborhoods in the city. There's 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 so much draw to it. Um, we have some of the best food, best Mexican food, obviously that in the city. <laughs> um, we just if you go to our website and our social media account, we just featured a video of the top five Michelada bars in the city. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll share those details with yes. you. Um, but we feature not only have the best food, but we have some of the best cocktail bars, some of the best bars in general in the city in Pilsen. Um, and I mean the art. The people, the culture, the bakeries, the food, everything. Um, it's just, it's, in my opinion, one of the best neighborhoods in the world. Very nice. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, Michelada Fest, for, if you're just joining us, is July 6th and 7th. It's at Harrison Park, which is at 1824 Southwood. If you go to ChicagoMicheladaFest.com, you can get all the information. You can get your tickets. And if you're still wondering, what's a Michelada? Have no fear, because Javier from a Big Mich. Am I saying that right, Javier? Absolutely. Big Mich, Big Mitch. What do you? How do you go? Uh, big Big Mich. So Michelada. Big Mich. So Big, big Mich. We're gonna find out all about Micheladas. We're gonna find out all about Big Mich, which is a, a local company, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna sample some because you know what's the point of having the guys in if we're not gonna have a cocktail together? <laughs> so we'll do all of that and more on the other side. It's seven twenty WGN, July sixth and seventh at Harrison Park. 
Uh, ChicagoMicheladaFest.com is the website. And now uh, we've talked about the fest. We've talked about Grassroot Events, which is putting on Michelada Fest, and they do other work throughout the year to help raise money for nonprofits in the Pilsen neighborhood and all around the city. So they've got a big goal this year. And if you can get to Michelada Fest, not only are you helping out good causes, but you are going to have a wonderful time, a lot of music, a lot of food, and, of course, a lot of micheladas. And to help explain what this is, because I'm late to the party, but uh, I came in strong once I entered, uh, is Javier Garcia. He is the man behind BigMish.com, or Big Mish. They are a michelada mixed company. Started here in Chicago in 2017. Welcome, Javier. Well, uh, thank you so much for having me. Good to see you again. As I mentioned, I ran into you completely unexpected at an event. And uh, thankfully, you weren't real busy because I walked up and I said, so explain this to me. Tell me what this is all about. And you did. And uh, I had one. I had a Michelada and it was unbelievable. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, for trusting me and and letting me put this uh, weird uh, red beer concoction in front of you. I know it's a little scary when uh, people first see it. It's it's tomato um, and beer and it's a little off-putting. Sometimes, but once you try it, like I've converted so many people that have never had a michelada yeah. to, you know, daily drinkers. Um, so, how first of all, how did you get involved? How did how did Big Meech come to be? What's what's the story behind uh, the company? Big Meech. This recipe actually, the first time I I shared this recipe was uh, at our wedding. You know, my right. uh, my wife and I we we love um, we love cocktails, right? And uh, we wanted to make uh, kind of a cocktail for. Uh, different people in our family that meant a lot to us. And this was kind of the cocktail that I made for my father because I, oh, I grew okay. up drinking them. Um, I actually launched uh, Big Meech May 4th on his birthday. Oh, nice. So it's a total tribute, but also it's it's um, kind of grew up drinking them. You know, it was, it was a, it's uh, chile sal limon, so big familiar flavors in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in my family. So we put them together with some beers, and now it's a celebration. Yeah. Very nice. So it's a, it's a, a beer-based cocktail. Mm-hmm. And as correct me if I'm wrong, or you can explain it more, you said, well, it's kind of like a Bloody Mary, but, like a Bloody Mary. but then you started enumerating the differences, why it's not what people would think so of as it, a Bloody Mary. It's kind of like a Bloody Mary in the sense that it, it does have tomato juice in it. It is a little spicy, uh, and it's a perfect Sunday you know, brunch cocktail. <laughs> uh, it, differ- it starts kind of differencing itself from a Bloody Mary. Uh, it's emphasis big on the Mexican flavor, so a bunch of fresh lime, um, a lot of peppers, kind of dehydrated and, and crushed up, put in there. Um and then just kind of uh, really dressed up. So Michelada translates to my chelada, me, my cold one. Um, so there's a bunch of different recipes out there. Yeah. A um, bunch of different renditions. And people, people, they, when, I, when I tell people, when I talk about Micheladas with people, um, their their recipe is very near and dear to their heart. Okay. Like, I make the best Michelada. My dad <laughs> makes the best Michelada. Um, kind of like pizza in Chicago, sure. as everyone has their favorite. Yeah. Um, so I try to stay, well, we try to stay true to a very uh, classic rendition, but okay. uh, with a modern twist. I'm a big fan of using all, all fresh produce. Um, so everything comes in um, as limes, as cucumbers, um, as peppers, and then we squeeze them, crush them, peel them, uh, put them in a jar, and then we get to share them with Chicago. And now while you say you stay true to a traditional way, there's more than you have more than one variation of the mix. Yeah, absolutely. So we started with our OG classic. We launched the company with that one. What we uh, really feel is a proper, proper michelada. Um, and then we um, we did a sweeter one, a tamarindo flavor one, kind okay. of a take on agua fresca, uh, tamarindo agua fresca. Um, and then just 
hit them with the cucumber one. Uh, Chicago really, really digs the pepino michelada. Oh. Um, so that's made with a little bit extra lime and a bunch of cucumber puree. Um, again, everything is, is fresh. And then our newest seasonal drop, um, it's pineapple, mango, habanero. Uh, we make it with organic Ooh. mango and organic pineapple. Super fresh michelada. Um, but now with the habanero, is it as spicy as the OG or is it? Uh, oh, all right. So or does it balance out? A little trade secret. Yeah. All of our meat just have a little habanero. Uh, but this one, <laughs> this one has just a little bit extra. Uh, but habanero by itself is a pepper. It's it's really fruity. Okay. Um, it's it's a really kind of bright flavored pepper. Um, but we took a little bit of the heat out of it and then uh, accompanied it with some mango. So it's a little bit more of a sweeter heat. Definitely not like a, a palate burner. Okay. Were you in the Were you in the food industry before? I was. I was. Uh, I mean, born and raised in the food industry. You know, my dad's a chef. Okay. Uh, my my uncles are chefs. Um, the dream is to you know one day build a big micheladeria factory and, and, you know, share, have a place where people could come in and share my ideas with them. But, um, yeah, I, I've, you know, I guess I, I my entire life is uh, leading to, you know, micheladas. Well, and it's, it's funny as you go, when you go into a liquor store, whether it's Binnie's or a small neighborhood store, you mentioned everybody's got a recipe. There's a million different, a million different bottles of michelada mix Absolutely. on the shelf. So unless you're making them yourself... It's nice to have one big meat is local, which is you know I always I always lean toward local, and I like the I like the direction toward fresh and everything being being done right here. That's why it's you got to look, you got to go to uh, bigmeesh.com, thebigmeesh.com, because you can't just walk into any store and find it. You got to look around a little bit. But but I will say every time I follow you guys, I follow you on social media. You're expanding your reach. You're getting into more and more spots. Right, we're trying our best. We are a small business in Chicago. Um, very local, uh, but we started with uh, making right around 20 gallons a week, which ended up being like four or five cases. Now okay. we have uh, 70 locations in Chicago. Nice. Um, still small base, where it's four or five members on the team, um, but we're, we we try every day, you know, to, yeah. to reach and it's as far wor- as we can. It's worth searching out. It's because uh, I my wife who is not the, always the most adventurous when it comes to stuff. I said, listen, you got to try one of these. Well, thank you. You, you got to try it and. She she was hooked too, so awesome. so it's nice because you like you said if you're you might be a little hesitant it might seem but if you like a bloody mary if you like tomato juice, you know you could do it and I like on on the website if people say well I really don't like beer that's okay you can make a non alcoholic one yeah absolutely uh, we like mineral water mineral water some ice and just with a mix on top we call it a uh, michinada okay um it, it makes a great bloody mary if you want to add some vodka I'm a fan of doing uh, club soda and then a shot of tequila. So Ooh. it's a different take on a michelada, um, and it still kind of stays true to, you know, its Mexican heritage. Um, if you don't like the tomato juice in the michelada, we have a, a fun new uh, beer cocktail we're doing with Goose Island at the Michelada Fest. Uh, we're doing a blackberry hibiscus agua fresca. Um, we're pairing that up with their SPF, which yeah. is um, just a really good summer beer. Yeah. Uh, makes a really fun kind of like a Jamaica shandy. Okay. Um, so it's it's a different take on a michelada. So we stay true. You know, to to everything that a michelada is, but we we don't shy away too much from kind of trying to reinvent the beer cocktail. All right, let's talk about the cocktail now, because you've you've so which one are which one are you making first? All right, so Ooh, I like that sound. That's a, that's yeah, I was, oh, I was that's, waiting. No, that's a good sound. All right, so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give you uh, our most popular one. I know you haven't had it yet. You tried the OG at Buckle Down. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is our cucumber, our pepino flavor. Now, um, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but what kind? Uh, is there is there a type of beer that goes best? Because I had it with a Mexican lager, 
and it was really good. And then I tried it at home with a, I forget, I was out of the Mexican lager and I used a different kind of beer and it, it was still good, but the, I think the, the beer has to be right to complement the mix, Absolutely. right? And, and, and it's all like on your flavor profile also. I'm a big fan, uh, you know, in Chicago, you know, we're blessed to have a lot of craft beer breweries mm-hmm. and a lot of small shops that offer some really special beer. Um, so we try them all. Okay. Uh, we, we craft beer. Mexican There's nothing wrong with trying. Nothing. Nothing wrong with experiments. I've even put kombucha in here, and it and it's and it's good. Um, you know, michelada it translates to your beer. Whatever yeah, you'd like so to do with it. Like. I'm a big fan of Negra Modelo with okay. uh, the Tamarindo one. Um, I'm a big fan of Estrella Jalisco with a Pepino one. Um, that pineapple mango habanero, uh, Lagunitas did a Mozango beer. Okay. Um, and it was just fantastic. But you know, as the seasons change, the produce changes, right, the beers right. change. Dive in there, you know. Just make your own michelada. All right, so this is the the cucumber and lime. Absolutely. Correct. I'm going to pass that to you. Let's let's see. And this is one that will be... Now, all four of your flavors will be available at the fest, right? Or are you you only doing certain ones at the fest? No, all four. And then, you know, we have some special things that we're just going to release at Michelada Fest. um, That uh, hibiscus, blackberry hibiscus, will only be available there. Okay. Um, It's a Goose Island collab. Um... And we have a new flavor. We're calling it Mild Extra Limon. We're making it with like a smoked habanero. Um, and that one's, you know, scheduled to be released um, in a couple of weeks as well. So, you know, we have the four flavors, but we have some new stuff. Very just, nice. Just coming out from MichaFest. Now, I know uh, you, listen, you're here. We're, you're going to be the, the centerpiece of Michelada Fest. We all know that. Hey. But there are going to be other people. There are going to be other, other manufacturers. Now, are they local guys or are they coming in from all over the country who are going to be selling too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know the other guys. They're all from Chicago. Nice. Um, we're all out there, you know, claim, claiming our stake in the Michelada game. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing: we we do call ourselves Chicago's official michelada. Um, and with that being said, we do that because um, we try to incorporate as many small businesses, local businesses, as possible um, to making our product. Whether it's who we source the charge from, who makes our labels, or the family wholesalers where we get our limes from, nice. um, or so you know, just like Nieto, we have a we have a platform now, and we're doing our best to kind of raise raise awareness for you know uh, the right reasons. You know, yeah, and it's I think it's important for the the business like you guys to give back i think it's important for chicago to support its own businesses especially neighborhood businesses and neighborhoods that as i was saying to uh, fernando people people know of pilsen they know of different neighborhoods around the city but we don't always get i don't go very far north all the time i know the neighborhoods up there but i don't know what's happening in there it's the people who are in those neighborhoods that are really the ones who are going to make the difference which is which is terrific. Speaking of, this is Cody. We have a break right before the news. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come in there and get one. You myself. have to come in and get one. This is the uh, this is the pepito again. No. Pepito, pepito. It's a, a cucumber michelada. Cup- oh man, yeah. yeah. It's this is you got to get in here, Cody. Can uh, I say for the millennials too? You uh, can say I, you can speak for the millennials if that's your thing. Yeah, if you're a millennial, you you're listening. To. I love these so much i had my first michelada about a month ago it was big mich oh my god they're so good i got yelled at by a friend of mine who was who heard me talk about meeting you and he was how could you have never had one of these before i said i don't know i mean in college there were guys and we would mix like v8 and beer to but they were from like texas they'd call them red eyes or something yeah red beers kind of yeah kind of the same but different spices uh, not as not as much citrus in them as the micheladas have so it's a whole different it's a whole different taste i have to ask you we're going to take a break and then we'll do the news and if you guys can stick around for a few more minutes we'll talk a little bit more about michelada fest 
Go to chicagomicheladafest.com to get all the information. If you want to make great micheladas at home, go to thebigmiche.com. Find out where you can pick up a big miche uh, michelada mix. They're all over the city. You just have to look and find it and then go and treat yourself. But I have to... I spilled one of those on the board. That would not be good. Uh, I did not, for the record. But uh, I also have to talk to you about the rim. Because when you made mine, and I'm sure at Michelada Fest, uh, you're going to be doing them this way, there was something on the rim that I tried to recreate at home, and I was woefully inept at it. So we'll talk about that. We'll try uh, some more. We'll talk a little bit more about Micheladas and the whole thing on the other side of the news, which comes your way after this on 720 WGN. Hey, it's John Williams. Join me Saturday, June 22nd. Hometown Voices is back. We'll be broadcasting live from Swedish Days in Geneva. It's a Geneva tradition for 70 years. Live music, carnival rides. Visit the events page at WGNRadio.com for details. WGN Radio's Hometown Voices is back with John Williams, Saturday, June 22nd from 10 to noon. Live from Swedish Days on 720 WGN. It doesn't get any sweeter than this. Seriously. Who wrote this? 60 years ago this month, American Sale started as a family business. Today, American Sale is known for having the best selections of pools, patio furniture, hot tubs, and grills anywhere. But more importantly, it's been the quality of the products and the service of a family-run business and uh, the stuff that only a family-run store can provide. To celebrate 60 years, get 0% financing for 60 months, and you'll always get the lowest price guarantee. See store for details. Nine Chicagoland locations, American Sale for 60 years, helping you bring the fun home. More about Micheladas and Michelada Fest and the good work that these uh, guys are doing. We will get to them on the other side of the news, but it is 5.30. No, it's yeah, it's 5.30. I don't know what time it is, Pam. I've had, <laughs> you know, I've had three sips of Michelada. I was going to say, I man. I cannot to run the board anymore. I obviously need to leave. Uh, Pam Jones is here with the news. We are talking all things Michelada. Why? Because the second annual Chicago Michelada Fest is coming up July 6th and 7th. New location at Harrison Park, which is 1824 South Wood Street in Chicago. Uh, you can go to ChicagoMicheladaFest.com to get your tickets, get all the information. Uh, Family-friendly, great event. If you are under 20, admission is free. If you're over 21, $5, that's nothing. You come in, you enjoy all the music, and then you start buying food and you start buying drinks and you get laser-focused on buying Micheladas. And I hope you will uh, stop by and see the official Misha, Chicago's official Michelada at Big Mish, uh, thebigmish.com. Uh, Javier Garcia is in the studio. He is the, are you the founder? You're the president? You're the man at Big Mish? Is all, this, all of the above. You wear all the hats? <laughs> all right. No, no, no. I definitely have a great great team. Um, I am I am the founder. I started it 2017 on, on top of a dryer and a washer because we didn't have a table. Um, but thankfully to Chicago and their support, um, you know, we're we're growing this into you know an actual business, an yeah. actual company, and you know we we owe it all to to Chicago. Honestly, we 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 do owe it to Pilsen. Pilsen gave us our start. Yeah. Um, they came out, and more than anything, they they told their friends about it. They're like, hey, this is good. Check it out. And now, and I'm I'm guessing in in a community like Pilsen or or in some other uh, areas of the city, Micheladas, everybody knows them. What's the challenge of going into other areas and saying? Hey, Mr. Retailer, this is a really popular thing. Um, you should carry it. We're a Chicago business. And your your customers, once they have one, are really going to enjoy this. 
Yeah, so we there there is a little bit of a, an education that has to be done first, and what a michelada is, and and how to prepare it and how to enjoy it. Um, but when people do give it a chance, you know, nine times out of ten they they yeah. enjoy it or they'll you know we convert them to customers. Um, but yeah, we definitely have to we're we're out there. Um, whether it's doing tastings or doing festivals or um, just answering people's questions, a lot of people are inquisitive. They they ask us questions on Instagram and on Facebook, and we try our best to answer them as clearly as possible. And then we really we we like to uh, to share what we create. So yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a sample. I'll give you a meet if you come and hang out with us. I'll make you one, um, and I'll give you all the history on it. And uh, you know, it's we're very proud of what we put in front of people, and uh, we'd love to speak on our products. So if you want to try one. Come find us. Yeah, yeah. I'll put them each in front of you. They'll be and and I will say if somebody because I did it, all you have to do is ask what's the deal, and then Javier will tell you the deal. And this is this is what it is, and I, very, very nice. Not you know how sometimes with uh, and and I love beer, but sometimes beer people can be a little snobby, <laughs> you know, a little bit. Uh, no offense to all my beer friends, but you you were very approachable. It was very. Hey, here's what it is. I think you'll like it. Blah, blah, blah. Now, Fernando Nieto is here. He is with uh, Grassroot Events. They're putting on Michelada Fest. And you mentioned because, quite frankly, I don't... Like, if if you just handed me a glass of tomato juice, no thanks. I've never, I, I've never been a big tomato juice guy. Uh, I just, in the last few years, started drinking Bloody Marys. But you said you were, you've been able to change people's minds about who, who think they don't like tomato juice. Uh, this isn't tomato juice. Absolutely. Um, the first event that we actually ended up partnering with Big Meech was, um, it was just by chance. I didn't know who Javi was. We had a mutual friend named Maggie Olmos who said, hey, I got this friend. He's got this new Michelada brand. Give him a shot. We, I, I am a part of another festival that's not under my organization called mm -hmm. the Pilsen Taco Festival. And um, she's like, I think it would be a big hit. We're so busy. I was like, I don't really have time to talk with new people right now. We're so <laughs> understaffed. But she's like, give him a try. Give him my number. He reached out. Uh, his presentation was great. I said, all right, let's do it. So we added the michelada to the beer menu at the taco festival, and we sold wow. out both days. Nice. And I was like, we got something here. Yeah. No one else has done a michelada festival in the city, and the demand was there. Um, and so we People just didn't year. know it yet. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Now they do. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, last year you were a, basically a block party. Correct. A yeah. street festival, and now you're at a huge park. So a lot of room, a lot more. How many how many Michelada vendors will there be? Uh, there's going to be a total of five. Um, mm -hmm. Like Javi said, everybody thinks that they have their own and they're going to be on, on display. Sure. Um, Javi, uh, Big Meats will definitely have the most options and flavor combos there. Uh, as you mentioned, he's be doing he's going to be doing some combos with um, Goose Island and some limited edition flavors. But we will have um, – that was some of the demand from last year. They had awesome flavors that they showcased last year. Yeah. But, again, people want a little bit more of a variety. So sure. we opened it up to the general public to submit some applications. And uh, we have some five great vendors that are going to be there as well. Very nice. Uh, and Goose Island is the, the beer sponsor of the event. When we have, we have friends at Goose Island, so yeah. that's nice to see. Estrella and, Jalisco is the official import of the Chicago Michelada Festival. Shout out to Estrella Jalisco. And yeah. Goose Island is the official craft beer sponsor nice. of the Michelada Festival. Let's get back, uh, Javi. To, I mentioned before, there's something you put around the rim. And you know, people get margaritas and there's salt on the rim. And uh, when I had one from you, it was, it was kind of salt, but it was a thick red almost paste that yeah. was around the rim around the rim of the glass and i as i mentioned i tried recreating that at home to abysmal results so what is and i know you know obviously you don't have to give the secret ingredients but what what's around the rim 
so the the red part is uh, chamoy. Chamoy is kind of it's um classically it's a stone fruit syrup. So it's made with peaches, nectarines, um, ground up with some chili and some sugar, and then they kind of boil it to get us that viscosity. Um, we buy our chamoy. Right. <laughs> um, only because that process it, it's a great beautiful process. Um, but we have a, a supplier that does you know a good job for us, and then we also could keep the price low. Uh, but that ingredient is actually in our meats itself. Um, but it's it's fruity. It's okay. a little spicy, a little salty, um, and it has that kind of you know the syrupy texture. But that in combination with uh, a dehydrated pepper blend that we make, uh, well, that we have a family make for us. Yeah. Um, and then we add a little bit of uh, dehydrated lime and some salt. So even the rim is like a little bit of a process. Yeah, you know, that, that was, was it was thought out, and it's it's made to complement our miches. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's chamoy, and if you want to find it, tahin. Tahin's probably the closest one. Tahin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I forget what I got, but it was it was it was okay. You know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so if you, if you get chamoy, put a little mezcal in the chamoy and mix yeah. it up. So it, it makes it even a little smokier. Um, it's, a, it's a different way to enjoy your miche. Very nice. You know, make it your own. All right. So let's let's uh, talk about how to actually make one. Because I get home, I've got my bottle of big, big meat mix, one of my four flavors. Now i got to get this uh, pepito, the, cu- the cucumber one, which is very good. I had the OG, which I'm going to have another one. Uh, but how do I mix them? Am I, because that... That's something else that people people want to make things, and they maybe they taste one of yours at Michelada Fest, and they go, "This was the perfect, the perfect balance of beer and and mix, and everything tasted good." And they get home and try to recreate it, and they're like, eh, "What am I doing wrong?" So and again, experimenting not a bad thing. Yeah, experimenting is not a bad thing. Um, you can always add more. <laughs> That's so, true. Always add more. So, what my recommendation to people when they're making a miche, I'm a fan of one part miche mix, three parts beer. So if you got a 12-ounce can of beer, put three to four ounces of mix in it, and then you're good. You got the perfect miche. Okay. You don't need anything else, anything else to it. If it's warm outside, maybe add some ice. Um, and then the rim. So I would say, I know you guys can't see it unless you're going to watch that. So like a solo cup, clear, uh, solo you know, cup. Solo cup. I would go two fingers. Okay. Yeah, two finger pour. Two fingers of mix. And then the rest beer. All right. A little bit of ice if you'd like. Okay. Um, but again, it's all al gusto. So I tell people that you could get anywhere from 8 to 10 micheladas yeah. per jar. I know people that say they get 15. I know people that say they get two. Uh, <laughs> so so it, really, it really does depend on, on like what you like. I, I must have been right in the ballpark. I got about eight. There you go, eight of, I got about eight out of the uh, out of the jar. I have some friends. They have like, they'll grab that, that big 40. They'll grab one yeah. jar and they'll go equal parts. And then they're, then they're done. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, then it's just uh, pre-mixed. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about it. Right. Oh, I like that. I like that idea. It's good for pitchers. You know, if yeah. you've you got a, a big... Yeah, I don't want to take the time to have to measure out every drink. Sometimes I just want to sit there and keep pouring. Keep pouring. Keep pouring. So, Australia Jalisco, which is the uh, the official import of the fest, what's, what is it that makes that the beer that you think meshes the best for the for the mix for this festival, what is it? What what are the characteristics of that beer that complement Big Misha's mix? It's a it's a very bright beer. Um, I would say that um, it's kind of it has that classic Mexican lager flavor. It's not like super overwhelming. It's not super bitter. Um, ice cold. It's just it's a, it's a good beer uh, to have with a Miche. Nice. Um, my my big thing for for a beer is. You know, hone in on that and that flavor profile, and see if it yeah. if it'll you know collaborate well with the Miche. And I think Jalisco, uh, Estrella Jalisco, does a great job. What uh, 
what kind of food comp goes well with a oh, nature? Oh man. Okay. So there. Oh, I see. I've hit uh, a nerve. Yeah. All right. Classically. So is it, better, is it better to just drink them by themselves, or can I drink them with? Oh them? no. Yeah. Eat. Eat, eat, eat? and drink. That's, all right. That's the sounds all right to me. Life. <laughs> um, so right now, if you go to like any kind of mariscos place or any kind of like um, seafood place yes. in Chicago, there's probably a meat on the menu, um, and that's because they go super well together. All right, let me ask you this, and then we'll get back to. I'll let you f- finish answering. I go into some some restaurants, uh-huh. uh, some mariscos places uh, around because I live in Berwyn, so there's a lot of great restaurants around there. And on the menu, some of these uh, some of these miches, they look like they've got you know they they took everything from the storeroom and put them in there, kind of like people are doing now with Bloody Marys. With yeah. Is that uh, do you do you grit your teeth when you see that? Do you shake your head or? And we're not calling out any particular place, right. so they don't know you're talking about them. But you know, I like you know I like my miches. And I like my, you know, my plate of food separate. Um, it's, <laughs> it's okay with like uh, maybe a cucumber in it, a shrimp or two in it, but okay. you know, anything that you need a knife and fork or, you know, should not be in a cocktail. Should not be in the cocktail. Okay, so going back to what what these go best with food wise. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of like mariscos, uh, with them, but, I mean, classic backyard cookout with like just some steaks or carne asada or tacos. I don't know. I think it. What's a bad food to have with miches? I've never had. Probably it. nothing. Yeah. Festival food is going to be good. Festival food is going to be great. Oh, looking for Nando, yeah. bringing it back around to Michi, Michelada <laughs> Festival, which is happening July sixth and seventh at Harrison Park. Uh, thank you guys for coming in, Javier Garcia from Big Mish. Uh, go to thebigmish.com. Find out where you can go. Pick some of this up. Experiment at home. It's summer. You're going to be sitting outside. Try something new. Uh, you know. Surprise your friends if they're if you're, you're having them for brunch and they think you're going to make the same old Bloody Mary. Surprise them with a michelada and they'll go, oh, now we like you even more than we did before you had us over. And uh, Fernando Nieto from uh, Grassroot Events, which is putting on Michelada Festival, doing good work in Pilsen. Uh, go there. Again, you can get all the information at ChicagoMicheladaFest.com for all of that. TheBigMich.com for all the uh, information on uh, Big Mich- Michelada Mix, the official Chicago Michelada. Is that what we're saying? Is that what we're going with it? Perfect. That's a one. That's Absolutely. all right. That's the uh, that's the deal. Thank you guys for coming in. It was a pleasure. Good luck with the festival. Uh, keep up the great work, and we will talk again. Thanks so much. Wonderful. We'll see you there. It is my pleasure. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we will come back. And there is more right here on seven twenty WGN. Roger, can we offer you a uh, fine cocktail? I think I might be able to be persuaded. Yeah, it's mostly t- you know, it's mostly uh, <laughs> tomato. That's that's what it and is. And I, you know, it's all tomato. I don't drink alcohol, as we've already established many times. Uh, but except in, for shots of Jack Daniels, well, which you do. Which, I don't you, remember you those. You consider times. that medicinal? That's medicinal, not, that's yes, medicinal. for medicinal purposes. Um, but uh, when I did have a few in my younger days, sure. I would either have a Bloody Mary mm-hmm. or a screwdriver, wow. and both again with medicinal purposes because one has the orange juice in it, and that's very healthy. And sure. uh, yeah, it's quite and the other has tomato juice, which is also very healthy. So that's, that's how you got to look at things. Yeah, I love I love to watch Cody clean up. Is he cleaning? Well, sure, he's clean, he's cleaning up one uh, one food and beverage thing to make room for, <laughs> for another. Room for another. Well, you got to make room. You we, always we have you to have to pace room. yourself and make room. Well, listen, uh, there's things like I had never heard of the Michelada Festival, and I I'm you know 
I mm-hmm. try to keep abreast of things that are right. happening in the city. So I thought this was a very cool event, and it's uh, still in its infancy. This is only the second year, so it's uh, it's nice. And then we go to the opposite end of the spectrum to Ribfest, which is a well-established, well-oiled machine that uh, that people have loved for decades. So it'll be good to uh, be good to talk to them too. I had a story that I was going to do, but I don't think uh, segueing from food to food uh, it would be the. Um, the appropriate story, but it uh, takes place in Bridgeport. I will leave out all the uh, the ghastly details, but there is a, a vandal that is wreaking havoc throughout Bridgeport uh, because he is smearing things on something on people's car, uh, something that uh, you don't want uh, you don't want smeared anywhere. Uh, the poop bandit. We'll just uh, call him that, and I'll leave out all the gory details. But uh, I don't know why, but Pam thinks that story is hilarious. Does she really? She is in here laughing her head off. I don't know why. See, I can't believe it. I can't either because I, I guarantee you, if Pam was a victim of <laughs> right? the said bandit, Uh-oh, she would not be laughing. <laughs> Pam would Pam would weep bitter tears because not only is he not only is he putting the remnants on people's doors and cars, right. he is hiding it. He is being right. a Sneaky Pete. He's putting it under the uh, under the door handles and things like that. Yeah. So, oh, here she comes. You see, I All told you. She's very giddy. <laughs> Hi, Pam. Why, why, why does this story strike you? I find it horrifying. It is horrifying. And I don't want people to think that I think the act is funny. It is not funny. What was funny is I got to say poop bandit on yeah. the air. That you, was funny. That is funny because usually <laughs> that's an insult for somebody. Right. You, you call somebody that. And if you say poop in a news yeah. story, I mean, people say feces. I said feces. I don't want to say feces. No, twice. no, okay, poop. And we poop, don't know poop. that it was human, do we? Do we know? No, we don't know. So I couldn't say no, human waste. Right, we're not. No, it's just. I could say know. solid waste. No, let's not say anything. No. I'm having a nice no. cocktail. I don't want to think about. <laughs> so your kids don't do like poop emoji, like. I'll send that emoji sometimes. Okay. Uh, ironically, mostly to Cody because oh. that's you know he oh. he deserves he deserves it more than anybody. <laughs> Cody, sometimes my wife, but uh, you know the, that emoji is smiling, so they know True. it's uh, this guy not smiling. No. He's going around very this early in awful. the morning. They've caught him on tape. Uh, they, they, but and police, <laughs> police say, if you have any clues, if you have any information on the poop bandit, please let us know because we have they have nothing other than this videotape. So citizens in Bridgeport are taking it into under advisement. They're looking, they're sleuthing themselves. And what do you think the punishment should be? Hmm. Well, I, any kind of destruction of property, vandalism thing. I, I think guess. this takes a special kind of punishment, don't you? I yes. There's a lot of things I could think of. <laughs> Listen, while you're in here, hey, Roger, yeah. did you know Pam was a big TV star? Yes, I yeah, do. Is, yes. So so tell everybody, for those, because uh, we started to talk to you about it last week, and then things got out of hand, as they often do on this program. True. Congratulations. Thank which you. You were on one of the Chicago yes, programs. Yes, Chicago PD. I was on the season finale. Oh, nice. Giving an election update. Really? So no spoilers if you haven't watched it from okay. two, three weeks ago. <laughs> At this point, you should be yeah. able to. So now... You're playing a fictional news reporter, right? Yes, You're not playing yourself. News. It's not It's not a Pam Jones cameo. It's no. Pam Jones, the actress, right. playing somebody else. Yes, I am an actor, um, and I'm a member of SAG. Yep. You know? And so I've done this show. I've done Empire. Um, I did Electric Dreams. That's now on Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So Making when, the rounds. Is it... 
when you go into audition for a news person, mm-hmm. being a news person here, do you think, well, this is a lock. I should have this. There's no, no problem. <laughs> I never, ever think it's a lock. And I always walk out, regardless of what the role is, I always walk, oh, my God, they hated me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I totally do the hated me thing. <laughs> oh, that's, so, it's the worst. Yeah. Now, and I notice on these shows, especially, they use a lot of legit news people to play the fake news people. True. So sometimes, but you know, sometimes that can bite you. I had a role recently where they all of a sudden said, "No, we don't want, we don't want real ones." Are you still? I'm like, uh, really, really. Hmm. But they ended up taking me anyway. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So is it? Uh, it's it, for people who don't know. And I said this when I did Chicago Med last year. It's very exciting. It is because like thousands of people try out for the part. Right. And if you get a call back, that's like, oh, that's amazing all by itself. Right. But then when you get the part. It's incredible. And when you go on set, it's you're I'm still amazed at how many people it takes to make a TV show. Right. And how many different times you have to shoot the same scene or part of a scene because they have to have millions of different angles. They might change the lighting, blah, blah, blah. And they bring in, you know, the stand ins come in and then you've got all that. Now, I don't know your scene where there are a lot of extras in there, too. Yes. Uh, The plaza in front of the Thompson Center was completely packed. And it was so funny because there was a Channel 9 actual reporter (laughs) who was watching this process. And like he was like, he I think I might know her. What what is going on here that we don't know about? (laughs) It's kind of funny Mm. because, you know, they have fake live trucks out there and stuff. And some of them are real um, that they've just hired. To be in the you know the scene, right. so yeah, but there it was full of and actually after I was done with all my takes because they did it a million times, I got a round of applause from everybody on the plaza and it was like oh my god is this really happening? Very so nice. surreal. That's very yeah. cool. Well, congratulations. Cool. Thank you. So people should go back and watch the season finale. Yeah, of Chicago I'm on PD. a little TV screen. One of the actors says, "Oh, here's some election coverage," you know, and, <laughs> and there's me on the. Yeah, on the don't screen. blink. Right? Don't exactly. blink. Yeah, well, because hey, hey, don't hate. No, no, no! I'm oh, not hating. I'm saying man. because when I first, Mister well, no. Bitter, oh. we we talked about this because <laughs> mm-hmm. when I first saw the shade, post, that's fine. When I we first it. saw the post, someone posted it, and I'm like, "All right, she's got to be right up front. She's right there." And then I'm going, "Wait a minute! The, the scene is over. Where was she?" And then I had to play it back again, which was a good thing because now I get to see you twice or three times or four times. Oh, look at him back! And on. then now there she is, and I hear the voice that all-too-recognizable voice, <laughs> and I say, there she is. And so, yeah, you kind of have to look at the TV screen. It's a TV yeah, monitor, on, right? Yeah, I'm on the monitor yeah. that's on the precinct desk. Yeah. There, yeah. Look at that. That's cool. That's very, very meta. Cool. You're on a TV on TV. Right? Ooh. Right? Same thing in Electric Dreams. I was on TV, and the actress looks up, and she's watching And me. there you were. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's Pam Jones. She's not only a, a fine news person here, she's a, a fine fake news person on TV. And a so, comedian. And a comedian. She's no, got it not. all. <laughs> and she's a, an apologist for the poop bandit. I don't know why, uh, but that's uh, that seems out of sorts, which, you know, you'd have to be to carry around a duffel bag of poop and put it on right? things, which is what he's allegedly doing. That's like a, a special kind of crazy. That is, that's uh, my point. Yeah, that's, yeah. Are you filling the bag yourself? I don't know. We're not talking about it anymore. That's It's the dinner hour at some point. All right, we'll talk about, <laughs> yeah, we'll go from this to ribs. Yes, we'll talk about Rib Fest 
uh, with Joe Barry from uh, Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue. And uh, so much more. We'll do all that after the news. The Steve Cochran Show, ladies and gentlemen, celebrates the most valuable person on the planet weekday mornings at 720 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The news is sponsored by Builder Supply Outlet, 6 o'clock. One of the biggest festivals in the city. It has been around for 20 years. This is the 21st year Chicago's Rib Fest happening at the North Center neighborhood next weekend, the 14th, 15th, and 16th of June. And in studio with me is Joe Wilcox from the North Center Chamber of Commerce. He is uh, he claims the mayor of Ribtown and Joe Barry from Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue, who will be uh, featured at the fest. Welcome, gentlemen. Glad you're here. Uh, I uh, I could not be more excited to be talking ribs because I I love ribs. Uh, why North Center, Joe? What what made North Center the perfect spot for Rib Fest? And what about the neighborhood has led to the longevity of this fest? Thank you so much for letting us come on and talk a little bit about this. I'll give you a little bit of history on this. All right. 21 years ago, three, three dads walked out into a parking lot and said, let's cook some ribs on the street for Father's Day. And okay. Those three rib stands or three three cooks uh, cooks in those things birth rib fest, which has grown now in 21 years. We have 14 different rib vendors that compete for the the best tasting rib uh, award at the end of each uh, uh, one of our rib fest festivals. Okay, it has grown in North Center, uh, the, the dead the the heart of the north side of Chicago. It's so easy for everyone to get to from all the different uh, neighborhoods on the north side, and then it also has the public transportation right off the the brown brown line there, and people come in and and it's just it's home. It's a home home kind of neighborhood. It it feels. The people there, you know, the people watching is part of the entertainment factor of a festival, mm-hmm. and the people are great, and, and there's children, and there's old people, and there's young people, and it's just a wonderful, welcoming festival. And what, for for the uninitiated, because you hear different neighborhood names and neighborhood boundaries kind of shit, where exactly, where is North Central? I know the festival is on Irving Park and Lincoln, right there. That's, that's, that's the hub. That's it. Irving Park, Lincoln, and Damon Avenues is the is the th- uh, the three street intersection, the six corner intersection where okay. this festival starts and and goes north along Lincoln Avenue almost all the way up to Montrose. Uh, it is. Um, like I said, if you put a pin in the middle of the map on the north side, it's right That's there. Right. You can't miss it. Very nice. So you mentioned you mentioned you've got you've got kids coming. You got oh everybody everybody's coming, and they can't all be coming just for ribs, which seems silly to me. Of course, you you know why I travel wherever for ribs, but you've got a lot of other things going on at the fest. That's right. Ribs ribs are are the main piece, right? Everybody yeah. loves ribs, and and even those that don't love the ribs, actually, there are there are other food vendors there for sure. those that are. Not into the meat, but I'll tell you what. You <laughs> I can... don't trust those people, Joe. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I see you walking around with just a funnel cake, and you're you're walking right by Joe's backyard barbecue. I don't eat I don't eat You know, you're not Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction. You dig the swine. That's just, right. Just enjoy it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you can get ribs almost any way you can think them up. Yeah. We've had them. You get them saucy. You get them dry. Uh, dry rubbed. You can get them just falling off the bone or with a nice little tug with your teeth nice. to pull it off. Uh, actually, uh, we have 
uh, Big Joe's is a is a new vendor to our our fest this year. Every year we change it over. Okay, uh, we have different vendors competing for this award every year. So we invite people to come in and try to knock the the previous champions out. And and this year Big Joe's is one of the one of the new ones. So you you do have the who who won last year? Can we do you remember? Uh, oh, uh, nobody was prepared for that question. It, it, it doesn't matter it. because it it's, up, it's up. It's up. It's up for again every year. But I'm year. saying so. So is that is that vendor not there this year, or are they there this year amongst all the new people to try to either They're, defend or be defeated? The win- winners are always welcome. To I that. was going to say the they're winners, always the winners, but we don't yeah, want to promote them and give them an unfair v- advantage. All right, but the, is the public part of the voting? Uh, there's two kinds of votes. There's, right, a, well, there's a people's choice, right. which is every person that buys any ribs at the festival gets a little card that they can turn in at the Chamber of Commerce uh, uh, tent, okay. and we tally all the, the votes for the people, and the people make their decision, and one ward goes towards the people's choice. We also have an amazing uh, sort of event that goes around this as well. It's a celebrity judging contest on Sunday night. Oh, I so... must have missed my email. I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, celebrities come in and judge? They do, they do. I mean, uh, you know, we've had uh, we've had lots of past sports celebrities and things like that. This year we've got um, some great ones, including uh, uh, Mac- Max Jenkins is the little kid actor from the TV show Lost in Space that's, that's uh, getting into its second season on Netflix. Oh, I was going to say all the way back, the, the, the one the, from the no, 60s. No, no, he's the he... new one. He's the new kid with the robot. <laughs> all right. And the he is fantastic. He grew up in North Center, oh, so nice. he's actually a homegrown North Center uh, oh, very nice. actor. Um, we've got... Uh, We've got Anne Wright from the Chicago Red Stars. We've got uh, we've got uh, Ina Pinkley, who okay. is uh, the Breakfast Queen, and we've got uh, Muffy Fishbasket, who is a, a an acclaimed uh, drag queen. Okay, so we get a little bit of everything, just sure. like the ribs, different nice. flavors, different flavors so that for everybody. Everybody gets a chance to express who their favorite rib is. All right, let's before we get into uh, Big Joe's backyard barbecue and and how he is now going to he is gunning for the kingdom. He wants to be the king of Ribfest, and I don't blame him. Uh, let's mention real quick. We talked about food. We talked about all kinds of activities. People love music in uh, at summer festivals. What's the music situation at Ribfest? So you've heard of like you two. I have heard and, of you and the too. Foo Fighters. Now, see, now you're talking celebrities. Are you bringing in you two and the Foo Fighters? Those, they are not coming. That is unfortunate. <laughs> but we do have uh, an amazing set of music at Ribfest, and it's very unique, only to Ribfest. And the reason why is we do not have cover bands. Oh, okay. All the bands are indie bands. All the bands nice. only perform their own music, and they are all rising stars in in the music industry. You could come here and see a band like. We have, uh, let's see, our, our Sunday headliner is Post Animal. Okay. Okay. We have Ruby Boots. We have The Dip, San Cisco. These are the kind of bands that you catch them now, and then you can be the, the one that says, do you remember when they were, were no one, no one heard them before, and they blow up? These are all bands that are on the rise on, the, like, Internet and social media. Yeah. They're blowing up. Right Very now, cool. so you're catching a, a rising star when you come and see these bands. Well, that's nice, too, because a lot of the fests, uh, there's favorites. There's bands that are favorites, and they play all the fests, and people love to see them. But it's nice to have an option to go and hear hear music you may not have heard before while you're enjoying some fine uh, fine ribs and helping to crown a hopefully new king 
Uh, Joe Barry is here. Joe, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back. We're going to find out all about Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue. Uh, find out about your story because I love it. Uh, I, I love the origin story. You're like a, a rib superhero, so it's going to be very exciting. <laughs> we'll do all of that and more. Rib Fest, of course, is happening Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at June 14, 15, and 16. What better way to show your dad that you love him than make him stand on the street eating meat? I think that's, you know, as a dad... Sounds good to me. So uh, that's next weekend. You can go to ribfest-chicago.com to get all the information. You can find out the lineups of the vendors. You can find out the bands. You can uh, all every all the information you need is right there at ribfest-chicago.com. We will uh, meet uh, Joe Barry from Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue right after this. It's seven twenty WGN this weekend, the fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth in the North Center neighborhood of chicago that's where the six corners meet irving park lincoln and damon if you go to chicago-ribfest.com you will find all the details one detail you will never get is the passion that it takes to actually compete and cook top-notch barbecue uh joe barry is here from big joe's backyard barbecue he is one of the vendors and uh Men competing to be crowned king of Rib Fest this year. Uh, welcome, Joe. This is uh, it's good Pleasure to have to be you here. So your restaurant, for those who don't know, is in Homer Glen. If they go to Big Joe's Backyard they can get all the information. But uh, barbecue is something that everybody thinks they can grill, and barbecuing and grilling are completely different. So how did you how did you make the start? as a barbecue aficionado um i mean, i started uh as a young kid at 16 at a restaurant um, at a barbecue restaurant and i just worked my way up there i worked there for 12 years and then i eventually just branched off to started practicing at my house trial and error and eventually just mastered all the different rubs and different sauces and stuff like that and then started my own catering business and then eventually uh opened my own restaurant about nine months ago so very nice now do you have a particular style that when you started you because People who aren't from it, but there's different regions of the country have different kind of barbecue, right? And yeah, you've got I mean, Carolina you got the, and Texas, yeah, Texas and, and all that. I mean, it's pretty much we have all the different sauces and stuff like that. Um, we have a North Carolina sauce and then we have a Chicago based sauce. Um, and we do kind of it's kind of like a Texas barbecue, I would say. But okay. we use a lot of times they use salt and pepper. We make our own rub with different sugars and different seasonings like that. So um, we add that all in. It's probably our rub probably got about 20 different ingredients in it. So. So where do you fall on the dry versus sauced? Uh, I do not sauce anything. Um, I leave that up to the customers. So yeah. we only dry rub everything, and then they could choose if they want sauce or no sauce because I think true barbecue should not have any sauce on it. So we let them choose if they want it. So And that's something that people, like growing up here, when I was a kid, ribs always came with sauce on them. It wasn't until I got older and I started experiencing real barbecue around the country that I was like, wait, these don't have sauce, and ooh. They taste, they taste terrific without the sauce. So is there a, is there a hurdle, or now is it is barbecue so well known that people, th this is just commonplace now. I mean, most of the time, people, a lot of people love sauce. I mean, some people, like I, I try to tell everyone at the restaurant, at least get it on the side, taste yeah. the meat first, and then if you want the sauce, then you can either dip it in or pour it on there. But I always wanted to ch try the meat without the sauce first, and this way you get that unique smoke flavor that we offer. So and it is it, it is a unique flavor what kind of uh and people don't understand and, and again something i like the wood the different woods give different flavors right to different types of meats. yeah correct yeah we use a combination of hickory apple and cherry um the hickory gives it a nice smoke taste and then the, the fruit woods actually give it like a lighter smoke taste so it's not as heavy so it doesn't have like a 
a big smoke taste that's going to overpower you. It's just like a light smoke taste for it. So, so when you're approaching an event like Ribfest, and you know, you know, last year, okay, there was somebody who won, and you've yep. got to, you've got to please not only the people, the the consumers who are going to come by Big Joe's backyard barbecues tent, and they're going to buy some of your ribs, and they're going to go, oh, I like these, or you know, whatever. Then you've got this celebrity judges that Joe was talking about. Still uh, very offended, but uh, that's okay, Joe. Don't worry about it. Um, what what are you looking for? Do you do them different for a competition sort of setting than you do at the restaurant, or is it the same? This is I what pretty you're much get. just stick. This is standard. I just do what I do at the restaurant because people love our stuff over there. So I'm going to give the same product that from there over to the competition okay. too. So if they like them over there, hopefully everyone enjoys them at the fest as well too. So we don't change anything up. We use the same rub, the same sauces, the same technique, and everything like that. So very nice. So again, at the at Rib Fest, you'll sell them dry. You'll have your sauces yep, and we'll there have the and sauces. On the side, that they could choose what three different sauces for them to choose. Um, a hot mild and a honey chipotle that we all make in house, nice. um, and they could choose if they want it or not. Like we said, we're always going to suggest that they don't get at least taste it without the sauce first, and then we'll put the cups of sauce if they want to add it on later. So, in your opinion, what's the secret to a good slab of ribs? Some people want them to fall right off the I bone. do a little bit of a tug. I don't want you to have to struggle with it, but at least, you know, a little bite to it that it doesn't fall apart that you can actually hold it in your hand and actually eat it without the meat falling off. So I'm hungry. That's making me I know. Too. Yeah, well, that's that's just it. it. Anytime you talk about barbecue, you can't help but then go, oh, I'm going to start and get some barbecue. That's, that's the way it goes. So you started, you started, you said, experimenting at home and doing all this, but you you did very well. The first time you entered a contest, you did really well. Yeah, we was about seven years ago. Um, we did Windy City Barbecue Classic. Um, I was a young kid, probably about like twenty three years old. I think it was my second year doing caterings, and we took second place out of uh out of uh probably about fifteen twenty different teams for people choice. So. That's amazing yeah. to to yeah. come out and start uh, and you know right out of the box be able to do something like yeah. that that's pretty good it's a testament to uh what people can enjoy so obviously you make ribs at your restaurant yep. obviously that's a thing but you had something i saw that i had never heard of before under your soon to be famous yep. uh, banner uh, what is soon to be famous um, at big joe's they're soon to be barbecue? famous we have a couple different items we have a slam and sam sunday it's a barbecue sunday we call it it's a layer of mashed potatoes a layer of uh, pulled pork a layer of mac and cheese and a layer of brisket served with a side of tortilla chips we're actually yeah. be serving that at the fest too oh really okay um, and then we also have at the restaurant which we won't be doing at the fest is a giant barbecue burrito it has hot links brisket pulled pork mac and cheese coleslaw garlic aioli crispy onions all wrapped inside a tortilla shell sounds all right so and then we got our famous wow. mac and cheese bowls that we'll have at the fest too oh, we nice. have a four a four four mac and cheese with top of pulled pork mm. on it so all right i'm with you joe now i'm hungry too uh <laughs> so so if people come out to uh, if they're in homer glen they travel to homer glen they come out obviously you've got ribs yep. you've got pulled pork uh, what other meats are you uh, smoking we do, out there? Uh, we do brisket. Um, we do hot links, which is like a spicy Polish. Yeah. Um, we do smoked chicken, and then we also do um, smoked salmon as well, too. Oh, that sounds good. So, yeah, we do f- different fish. Sm- salmon's on the menu. We try to bring different ones in at different times. So. When you when you talk to people, and because as I mentioned before, everybody thinks they can grill, and everybody thinks, you know, oh, I can get, uh, I bought a smoker at Home Depot, so now I'm a barbecue expert. What do you see, what's the biggest mistake that people, when they're starting out, 
make when they're trying to to create ribs going going too quick like our brisket takes about 16 hours to cook that's the biggest thing like people want to get it done real real quick so just take your time low and slow is what we use some people do hot and fast which they have some success with but we smoke at 200 um our ribs take about five to six hours um our brisket takes brisket and pork take 14 to 16 roughly so just take your time experiment you know take it easy first and then you know work your way up into different things so then you can start experimenting with different rubs and different sauces and stuff like that and even the mistakes taste good so pretty much you, you yep. know you could you could still screw up even bad barbecue is good barbecue exactly so, so uh, one more one more question for the at-home smoker how do you know how do you know at big joe's backyard barbecue when the ribs are done how can you tell uh, basically we take them and we just uh we take one end and just uh kind of fold it a little bit and they have a slight break to them then they're done so we don't use any of the temperature gauges and stuff we just see if they slightly break and then we know they're done so and this is i was talking mentioned to you off there i think barbecue is one of the toughest things only because of the time involved you have to you have to monitor the heat you have to monitor every little thing because you know, you'll get a brisket that all of a sudden stops cooking and the temperature stops rising yep. and you got to figure out how to get past that wall. Yeah, it's going to plateau and it's going to stay there, you know, for a little while and then eventually, you know, it will finish cooking its way way through, so. All right, so what is the strategy other than other than a fine product that you're going to have at Ribfest? Is there, do you have a strategy for victory? Are you above buying votes? Is there, uh, will a, will an extra bone be slid into someone's <laughs> order if they can uh, assure you of some, uh, some positive I mean, we're just going to serve, you know, we're just going to serve what we always do, you mm-hmm. know, just do what we normally do on a regular day basis. And, you know, if we come out on top, we come out on top and we're going to give it our all. So, well, that sounds like a fine strategy for your restaurant. Always do your best. I don't know if it's, uh, the way to, I hear some of the people up there, there's uh, a lot of chicanery going on. That's all I hear. Uh, Joe, Joe, you can speak to that more. Joe Wilcox from the North Center Chamber of Commerce. Uh, is there, is this a Chicago election? Will there be investigations on the uh, on Monday the 17th regarding the outcome of the Rib Fest? Have you ever had uh, any sort of grand jury indictments from the winner after this is over? That is a great question. Of course and, it is. And I'm I a can professional. Tell you, the... There have been times there have been disputed champions. Really? Yes, oh, that's yes, what I there have. And <laughs> nice. uh, we do a very thorough job of, of making sure that every vote is a real person. Just like in Chicago, <laughs> you you, you got to know that there's going to be some uh, some ghost yard uh, sure. uh, votes going in into the box. I've already voted six times, <laughs> and the fest isn't even till next week. I, I'm not going to say who I voted for. You're you're good, Joe. Um, but yeah, how do you how do you know? Well, we we definitely do the vetting, and then it's a blind. Uh, the celebrity judging, uh, they don't know the names of the, the, ah, the ribs okay. they're, they're eating. So they vote for a number of the rib, okay. and then we tally the numbers based on all of theirs. So Very we nice. keep it blind so that it's a fair shot for everyone. The rookies, like Joe here, and then the, the ones that have won it in the past. Uh, so it's a fair competition, but boy, is it a tasty competition. Yeah, it sounds great. Again, the Chicago Rib Fest is next weekend, the 14th, 15th, and 16th in the North Center neighborhood of Chicago. It's where six corners are, uh, Lincoln, Irving Park, and Damon. You can go to chicago-ribfest.com to get all the information. One of the uh, men competing for your votes and for your taste buds, uh, Joe Barry from Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue. You can go to bigjoesbackyardbbq.com to get all the information. Everything on the website looks good, uh, so they can try your ribs. They can try the soon-to-be-famous Sundays. They can try the mac and cheese bowls. You're going to have a lot of things, and uh, it, it just sounds like a wonderful thing and i know joe you thought i forgot no we've got you've got a couple things because sunday is father's day 
This all started, as you mentioned at the beginning, as a Father's Day event. So you want to take care of the dads. Because, listen, we all see the dads with the little kids. They're pushing strollers. They're carrying kids on their back like they're pack mules. We see it all the time. Dads need a break. And I know that's probably not uh, – people go, dads get a break every day. That, that, it's Father's Day. Dads deserve a break. How can they get a break at the Rib Fest? So we've, we've definitely thought this through. Uh, we have a whole area for the kids, inflatables and stage shows and puppets and music for just the kids so that they can be off by themselves while dad goes and slips away, gets himself a, a, a big slab of ribs and a big cold beer to enjoy his day in the nice. sunshine, sitting on a bench watching his kids run around. And the best part is he goes home with, with a, a full belly and tired kids that fall That's asleep nice. right away, which is a Perfect. great gift for fathers. That I think, is the best gift for Father's Day. Day. The kids are tired. They go to bed early. And now we were talking about this before with the guys from Michelin Fest. And real quick before we go, people forget these festivals give back to the community. And you, and you guys do that as well. At they, yes, we have given away almost a third of a million dollars of money back to the community from the proceeds from Ribfest. It doesn't go to corporate uh, bigwigs and things like that. This fest is run in a neighborhood for the neighborhood. And it's really for the schools, for the after-school programs, for the parks, for Easter egg hunts and things like that. So it's really giving back to the neighborhood. So anyone that comes out to support, they can feel good when they leave, knowing that that money is going towards good things in our in our city. That's terrific. It's going to be a great event. As always, the 21st year of Chicago Rib Fest. Go for the ribs, stay for the music, the family activities, all the other stuff, uh, helping out a great neighborhood. And... Enjoy some Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue while you're up there. I'm not going to tell you to vote because that's, a, you know, that's some sort of strong arm. We can't do that. But Big Joe was here. So, you know, Joe Barry from uh, Big Joe's Backyard Barbecue. Check him out. Go to Chicago-RibFest.com. Get all the information about the RibFest. Go to Big Joe's Backyard BBQ.com. Find out about Big Joe's Barbecue. Then get to, to Homer Glen and enjoy some of the food after you enjoy it at RibFest. Gentlemen. Thanks for coming in. Have a great weekend next week. Joe, good luck. Thank you. Uh, you Thank know, you, Brian. blind judgings, you know, 100 under the rib. Uh-huh. Sometimes <laughs> that doesn't matter how blind they are. They see Franklin. They're like, oh, these ribs are the best. Just a little tip from me to you. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. And uh, thanks again for coming in. Thank you. All right. It is now uh, time for me to go and find ribs because I am salivating. Roger, while I do that at 630, you can do the news. What are you playing on this program? This is a collaboration between Skrillex and The Doors, Breaking a Sweat. Skrillex and The Doors? Well, I don't know if it was a collab. I was going to say probably not since The Doors have been gone for a long time. (laughs) Ray Manzarek, I think, is still around. But uh, Jim Moore is. So going back to the beginning of the program where we told you that Skrillex, uh, if you're listening to Skrillex, it'll keep mosquitoes away. Uh, But I don't know. Again, going back to that study, it was just that one song that we played before. What was it? Scary Monsters and Little Sprites? or Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. But Karen's producer, Ben, walked in and said, hey, have you heard the Skrillex? Skrillex has been producing a bunch lately, and have you heard his collab with The Doors? He had actually released a pretty good, not we know what I mean. Yeah, but he, he released stole a, their beats. He released some stuff where uh, he did some interesting mixes, so I sampling. thought I would. Do they still call it sampling? Do the kids call it sampling? I, you know, I don't call anything things. All right. Well, listen, you're the closest thing I know to a kid. <laughs> Uh, And that's that's very sad because you're way past being a kid. But since you're younger than me, I count you as a kid. When I started with you, I was a kid. 23. So was I, basically. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I look back, you know, all those eons ago, it was, uh, yeah. Oh, now I got to be honest. Now all I want is ribs. I actually yeah. started Googling places near me that had ribs. <laughs> like, I got to get some ribs on the way home. Yum, yum. Um, yeah, I don't. I, so, all right. We, we didn't have a lot of time to talk about Skrillex, and that's probably best. But uh, I know I know he's very popular. I understand. I never want to be that guy who gets to an age and starts like, I'll tell you another thing. Those kids and their music with the Skrillo pad and everything else. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. But there's things I hear that I just, I don't think it's an age thing. I think if I was 22 and heard that, I wouldn't enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's better live sometimes. How can, but, but you say live and it's a guy and a laptop. That's really not, uh, you know, like two weeks I'm going to see the Rolling Stones. Now they're 117 years old each, uh, but they're they're playing instruments and their backup people are playing instruments. And I hate to be, again, that guy who goes, well, you're uh, you're making music with a laptop. That's uh, is that really music? And it, it could be. Oh, Rayman's Eric passed in 2013. Sorry. Um so this is actually so, yeah, kind yeah. of a debate in right. the EDM. Let's debate it. Well, it's, it's not a debate, but like I want to debate EDM. There is forget a... the marijuana, recreational marijuana, forget <laughs> uh, all that other stuff. Let's debate the important topics. EDM. Look, there's a lot of kids, well, younger people. Extremely dumb music. There's a lot of younger what? people out at Spring Awakening Music Festival in the suburbs right now. Listening Do you think to there's a lot of girls with uh, sundresses and flower headbands? A lot. That's how I picture it. So many. That's how I picture it. And a lot of dudes going, <laughs> look at the girl in the sundress. But I know people that uh, that are really big EDM fans, and there are some artists who will, will basically not like mix live, but they, they are essentially live DJing. They're syncing up tracks uh, in a certain, uh, you know, basically doing it all live. Like they are kind of doing the mixes uh, and being really active with their computers. Other EDM producers and musicians actually get a lot of criticism if they are, and, and they'll get reputations for like, oh yeah, he basically just hits a button and then just like bobs his head. But there is actually a range, and there are some EDM musicians who perform live on stage. So, like, my wife and I saw an artist called Big Wild at the Concord a couple months ago, and he was great. And there was a vocalist on stage, and I think he played either piano or guitar for part of it. Okay. Um, so there there are some, and, like, Odessa is a really big um, music group. I don't know if you would call them EDM, but they're close I've got a whole drum line on stage. It's almost like a whole a whole All band. Right, well, that seems different. Yeah, and a lot of it's pre-mixed, but there is a range. So okay. I, I don't want you to. It is easy to to kind of look at it and say, oh, they hit a button. But there's there's actually a pretty a wide variety uh, out there. Well, it would probably I would imagine it's comparable to when the old the older DJs from like the eighties where you were mixing two records where they were scratching and mixing and they were working a couple of turn to spinning the steel wheels as the kids uh, used to say back when I was a kid yeah, uh, and hanging out in the clubs. Cause you know, I was nothing if not a club kid. Sure. Uh, so they would spin the steel wheels and they're syncing things up and they're scratching and popping and uh, all of that stuff. Yeah. So this is, there's some that are still doing that only with 
computers. Yeah. One of the most fun experiences I've had with EDM was before I even knew the term. In 2006 or seven, I was in downtown Des Moines and they had a little street festival kind of thing. But in a bunch of bars, you could walk in and there were DJs scratching and doing what you talked about. Just yeah. they've got the two turntables, right. they're syncing it up. And because it was they were small venues, you could walk right up and you could see what they were doing. You could see that they had the headphones on with mm-hmm. just one ear is just covered. One ear, yeah. yeah, and then and then they're you know lining it up and you could hear the transitions. And it was really cool. I actually really wanted to get into trying that for myself for a while yeah. before I just gave up on life and decided I would just produce radio. Come here, shows. yeah, that's probably yeah. a better move. Sure. At least there's more stability. <laughs> You don't have to get. You don't have to go steal milk cartons from behind the jewel to carry your albums around. Because back then you had to carry albums, and it would be funny because I worked at a, I bounced at a nightclub, and so there'd be, you know, there were like one or two DJs who were there all the time. But then every once in a while, a new DJ would come in for a night, and they, you know, they'd have to have a huge cart. They're carrying in like five or six uh, milk crates of uh, albums, and they've got their turntables, and it's like, oh my god, that's a that's a lot of gear. It's like a loadout for a small band. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, now you just need a laptop. Yeah. Well, and you have to have that. Sense. I guess you have to have that. It is a talent. I'm not saying. I'm not saying they're not talented. It's yeah. just not my kind. When you played that first, uh, and you can play a little more of that uh, nasty men and uh, tiny wayfarers or whatever. <laughs> whatever scary monsters scary. and nice sprites. Yeah, scary monsters and nice sprites. Again. That, to me, sounded like the soundtrack of a, a mental patient, a yeah, serial so, killer. And to me, some of the... That is harder stuff, like yes. uh, hard dubstep. And, uh, you know, I don't... I'm not as into that. I saw Steve Aoki at the Aragon Ballroom, and it was probably the worst live show I've ever been to. <laughs> no, literally... Who is, who is Steve Aoki? The worst EDM producer I've ever heard. Really? It, I went up oh, with my boy. wife, and we're we gonna went get, up... We're going to get emails. Roger, get ready to man the text screen. Dude... Both Steve Aoki fans are going to try to mix us a message. Well, I've heard his, I think his studio stuff is okay, but like live, we literally left after less than 10 minutes. It was that what? bad. Yeah, we paid full price and, and we just were like, this is trash. Wow. It was really bad. Holy cow. Really bad. But then like I went, you know, I saw like Paul Van Dyke in Mexico City and it it was, and I've heard uh, Elenium is another artist that played this weekend and everyone always tells me Elenium is just so hot and he does these incredible live sets. Oh, it's a guy? I think so, yeah. Elenium? Elenium. Elenium. Like Ill-Enium. Like Ill-Millenniums. Mm-hmm. All right. Elenium. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Well, welcome. I don't know. <laughs> Again, there's certain. Sometimes I think to myself, I should know all about this, and then I think to myself, I don't need to know all about this. Uh, if I know a little about it, that's okay. Certain things I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to get to the nuts and bolts of the EDM movement to understand that you know some some music makes me want to hurt people. Other music calms me down, and I, like the Savage Beast, need to be soothed. Well, you know how there's a difference between, let's say, Welcome to the Jungle and Correct. like a rock power ballad mm-hmm. uh, from a rock band? Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Let's throw that one in there. Yeah. There, that's a power go. rock ballad. Right. So they're both rock, but there's a pretty big sure. difference oh, between yeah. Welcome to the Jungle and that. So EDM's the same way. In fact, many of our listeners have probably heard uh, like a chill step kind of variation of EDM in coffee shops. They're getting really popular in coffee shops. I tone, I tone everything out in a coffee shop. Oh, yeah? Because the uh, pomposity of the bean that was passed through an iguana's <laughs> rectum uh, bothers me. What? So I, I just, I'm, I'm not cool enough to be in a coffee shop. 
Oh. I go to a Dunkin' Donuts, or better yet, I stay in my kitchen and drink coffee. You know, Brian. We, Artisanal coffee that I've ordered from New Orleans. Yeah. Ha- but. You haven't had to write a script lately? I don't, uh, no. I have places to be, um, and I don't need free Wi-Fi, because I have Wi-Fi at my house. <laughs> so, and I'm not a big shot. You know, a lot of people have Wi-Fi at their house. Doesn't make me a big shot. Uh, I'll get to you in a second, Roger. I did hear you, but I was in the middle of a rant. I, so, I heard. So yes, I do not I rant do not on, go, rant and on. I don't, you know, I don't feel like buying one giant saucer of coffee and then nursing it for six hours. As I think to myself, what's the character development of the homeless prostitute that I'm putting in my screenplay or my one act monologue? I don't, I, I don't need that at a coffee shop, Cody. So your reference is lost on me. Why not? Why don't I need it? Yeah. I don't know, because my life is empty enough to enter that void and uh, allow myself to be sucked down into that black hole. Just is it doesn't seem appealing to me. I've I've already I already have enough trouble not drowning myself in molten coffee to sit there and give myself another eight or ten reasons that maybe the alternative is better. Eh, not my thing. Yes, Roger. Well, I was just going to try to bring you back down to earth here. You got well. There's no reason off to do your... that. You're well, not uh, one. You're not the program director. Uh, two. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm. You don't lasso me. I'm not trying you to lasso you. Don't pull me back. I just wanted you to feel a little what more you, comfortable with all with these what? groups that he was talking about. That you, you don't. Just... Do you know anything about EDM before? You... Uh, yes, but I do. How much do you know? How one? Because how, I taught two, why, and... with students that played that stuff. Ah, true. Oh, true. Twenty years I had to <clears throat> listen to some of that stuff in the earlier days. Uh huh. Um, Are you sure you're not thinking about Grandmaster Flash? No, Who's no, Grandmaster we were Flash? past the that. early days of hip hop. But oh. we had Going a couple of students uh, when I was at Evanston. We had uh, students doing shows on the internet radio station we had uh, that did that kind of music. That was for like a whole and you hour. You allowed them. You allowed one. You allowed them an hour, and yeah. two. You allowed them to come back. Yeah, they had a show every week. They had to sign up and audition for it and be approved. Nice. That would have been a quick approval process. Denied. Yeah, but but I wanted you to kind of feel a little more comfortable. Come back down. This is not EDM. No, I know. (laughs) I wanted you to come back down to earth. If you think this is EDM... You really? I gotta turn no. it down. Doesn't think it's I think he thinks this is EDM. No, because yes. we're talking about the er, early, er, early dance music. That's what Roger thinks EDM means. It, it doesn't mean early dance music. It doesn't. Listen, if I were going to go uh, on a helter skelter killing rampage, right. then I'd listen to some uh, Mamas and the Papas. Is that who that was? No. No. Who was that? Who, that who was went Scott to McKenzie? Say? Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Listen, I'm all fresh. I'm trying to get you to come back Why? to your, Why? your hippie Nobody, days. Nobody, I don't, one, I was never a hippie. I'm not that old, Gramps. <laughs> uh, I'm not I, I'm not old enough to have been a hippie. I did wear Levi's Big Bells there back in uh, grade school. That was school, a start. But, uh, you know. You've never had long hair? Well, what? I, no. Ooh, ooh I want to see these pictures. I was <laughs> never, I never was able to get it. Shoulder like, length? No, it hit my shoulders. Oh, yes. Yeah, like in, the the pictures. Pictures. like in grade school. But then here's the problem. It would hit my shoulders and begin to curl up. So in like a weird mermaid mullet kind of deal. <laughs> I didn't... Uh, it was, my brother Michael at one point had the most 
glorious, long, full locks. And he would tie them back uh, with a velvet ribbon like he was Hamilton or one of our founding fathers. (laughs) And it was, this is how glorious it was. Debbie wanted him to wear it like that at our wedding. Really? But then he got a haircut, (laughs) and I've never seen her more disappointed other than when she realized she'd actually married me. Those were the two greatest disappointments of her life. (laughs) So horrifying we have to do this and then i need to uh, i need to orally slap some sense into some people can you uh, say that on the air orally slap some sense let's just move on now i said it twice hmm well if, if you do, here's what you do cody you ask for forgiveness not permission and i'll go and you you have complete deniability I never know what he's going to say, and he doesn't listen to me anyway. And Roger has deniability because he'll say, didn't you hear me try to rein him in? I'm a wild stallion who cannot be broken. Sit on that for a minute. Somebody actually thought I was serious about uh, the coffee shop. They thought I was, was, oh, I'm so out of touch because I made fun of a coffee shop. Obviously, someone new to the program, welcome. We are always uh, happy to have new people listen. Uh, Sometimes it takes a while to get the vibe, but that's all right. We'll wait. All right. Uh, You know, Cody, I often, and this will be another thing where I'm I'm probably woefully out of touch, but uh, I don't understand why people would do things that would put themselves in harm's way intentionally. Uh, and I'm not talking about climbing Mount Everest or skydiving or, uh, you know, having a, a one too many cocktails uh, and then uh, getting in an Uber to come home. I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm talking about the people who are dumb enough to carry gun-shaped cell phone cases. Now, you remember this was a thing a few years ago in the city of Chicago. People were people were buying cell phone cases that were shaped like guns, and they were uh, they were getting in trouble. Some of them were getting shot. Because it's very hard to tell a fake gun or a cell phone case that's shaped like a gun when it's tucked in your waistband when you are being stopped by a police officer. Well, guess what? The suburbs are not immune to stupidity. This is coming out of Zion. Police are asking the public, which it's shocking that we have to have the police ask us to do this. But okay, that's fine. If the police have to ask you to stop carrying cell phone cases shaped like guns... Uh, let me let me put my voice on that uh, that request as well. I'll join in that request. Please stop carrying cell phone cases that look like guns. Unless, of course, you're looking to get shot. Uh, according to the Tribune, the Illinois Conservation Police officers discovered uh, a cell phone charging case during a traffic stop at the Illinois Beach State Park in Zion. The suspect was carrying it in his waistband, and the officer mistook it for a real gun. Now, had this story played out the way it usually does, and uh, someone got uh, this guy had been told by the police officer, drop the gun, whatever, oh, it's, it's not a gun, he goes to pull it out, the officer thinks it's a gun, boom, he gets shot. Who's to blame there? You know, of course... The police officer is going to have to answer a lot of questions. The police officer is going to be looked uh, looked at askance. But I tend to look at the guy who's carrying something that looks exactly like a gun and flashing it around. You got a you got a pistol handle sticking out of your belt. Most people are going to think it's a gun. Uh, the officer did not know it was actually a cell phone case until the suspect was arrested. Uh, cases could be dangerous, 
for both civilians and police, according to the police, and that is true. Uh, so then the Department of Natural Resources went on Facebook. Because if you're going to reach the public, Cody, you got to go on Facebook. Uh, and they said, do not carry products like this around. It's dangerous and places all citizens and officers in unnecessary risk of harm. Now, you know these uh, were outlawed in Chicago. Plainfield has also banned them, but uh, they are not banned statewide or on, or on state property. So theoretically, Cody, if you want to take a trip to the Capitol building uh, and see where your legislators are raising your taxes so that you'll have to pay uh, a lot more for gasoline if you were ever to have a car, you could carry your cell phone in a gun-shaped case and... Until one of the Capitol Guards shot you, you'd be fine. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Okay, you probably shouldn't, but uh, a lot of people are, are dumb enough that that's what they want to do. So, hmm, hmm, hmm. very sad. So, listen, we'll join, as I said, we will join the chorus of people who are telling you not to do that. There's a lot. There's a point, though, where, uh, shoot, it's okay to weed some things out, right? No, that's not, that's a bad, uh, you shouldn't. Shouldn't hope for, I don't hope for that. I don't hope for anybody to get hurt. But I hope that some people will use their common sense. And I don't know where you get that common sense, but you don't get it uh, Don't get it by doing something like that. Now, next week, we're here next week, aren't we, Cody? Uh, I, dude, no idea. No, yeah, we we're here next week. We're here next week. we got a lot going on next week. Father's Day next week. What oh, is Father's Day next week? Are we, uh, yeah, I know we have some things lined up, so it will be Father's Day next week. Roger, uh, do you think the family has anything planned for you for Father's Day? Maybe some of your uh, students from the early days of EDM will mm-hmm. get together and uh, play you a concert. Well, many of them uh, still consider what me a father at? figure, oh, so I'm they sure do, they do. Sure. Do they play it on a theremin, your, your early students? No, it's on a CD player. Mm, I don't. I think you know you, those. Remember uh, those? I do remember those. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know, your early students in EDM probably were much past that. We were on a Victrola. No, we, no, we sure? were. They didn't have to wind it up. All right. Well, listen. Um, yeah, it would have been a CD. Speaking they, of winding, they it would have bugged me for batteries. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, listen. Uh, you can share those. Uh, you can share those bon mons with Karen okay. as Karen Conti comes your way on the other side of the news. And I know she's always interested in battery conversation. So save that for her. She's gonna. Oh, she's gonna love it, Roger. I guarantee it. Thank you for listening and being part of the program. Uh, we will talk to you again next week. Here are the sounds that matter. The top five at five from the Rocon Show with Anna Devlante's weekday afternoons on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The news is sponsored by Builder Supply Outlet. It's 7 o'clock. Hey, thanks, Cody, for all your help today. Uh, we got to go.